You think you know me. Flintstone internet. <laughs> you know what, man? I know. I, you know, I, I forget. I forgot to you know, do my dial up. Uh, AOL dial up. I got Netscape, brother. Oh my god, that only that only works in ham. It only works. <laughs> it's all good, man. How you doing today, bro? I'm doing great, man. How are you? Man, I'm great. Phenomenal, phenomenal. I've watched NXT Takeover. Uh, I know you finished watching SummerSlam, right? I did. Yes, I did. So let's go ahead and dive into it. You want to give us our amazing introduction? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, layman of the leg lock and the congregation of the camel clutch, welcome to the Preachers and Pinfalls podcast. I am Pastor Dante along with Pastor Daz, and we are here to talk about the weekend that was in the WWE. It was a big weekend. So we're we going NXT first? Yeah, let I figure let you know what let's let's do let's do this. Let's do this. Let's just kind of give some general impressions of the weekend. Okay. And then we're gonna we'll walk back and we'll go match by match for both uh takeover Toronto and SummerSlam. Okay. Now, I'm going to say this. There are – I only watched three matches from NXT. The three-hour-long show. I did not have it in me to watch another three-hour-long show. So I only watched the matches I was really interested in seeing. Wait a um, minute. You, you, I'm, so, I'm sorry. So you're telling me – I'm sorry. Yeah. You said what? I said that's just one WrestleMania. Oh, I mean, well, come on, Dante. <laughs> <laughs> WrestleMania was a full shift at work. So, oh, dude, I felt I felt like I was unloading trucks again, like I did in summers while I was in college watching WrestleMania. I felt like I was being held hostage by Vince McMahon. <laughs> You're well, not going anywhere, damn it! <laughs> I like your face, Daz. <laughs> All right, um, you want me to go first, or you go first? Yeah, go ahead. Tell tell us tell us what you thought about the uh, about the weekend. So. Going into a SummerSlam weekend is always um, a big deal for me, as is WrestleMania weekend. These are the two weekends that WWE tries to put on its best production possible. Um, I did not know what to expect walking into SummerSlam because, you know, to me, Dante and I differ on this a little bit. Um, the product has been a slight stale over the course of the past. I'll say six months. Storyline-wise, WWE does this with every pay-per-view. They, it seems like they rush storylines just to get an angle for the upcoming uh, pay-per-view. So the Randy and Kofi thing was rushed. It seems that it happened over the course of three weeks. 
the Natalia and Becky thing felt like it happened over the course of three weeks. It's like they're doing one thing and then somebody says, hey, yo, we have a pay-per-view coming up next month. That's right. We need some angles. <laughs> and then they, they throw these things together. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And I wasn't sure what was going to happen. But I was pleasantly pleased with SummerSlam. I would have to say out of the out of all of the pay-per-views in the past year, this is this has got to be the best as it relates to not wrestling wise, as it relates to storyline. I think they did a good job. And I was pleasantly pleased. Um NXT Takeover, um, my jaw was on the ground for the entire show. Um, <laughs> it's it's amazing. And let me t- gosh. NXT is so good because storyline, and I'm a big, you know this, Dante, and the listeners know it. I'm a storyline guy. I prefer a good storyline over a technical match or a technical wrestler any day because I think you can have a garbage wrestler, but if he has a, if he can tell a story or she can tell a story, the match is sold. NXT does a great job at that. On top of athleticism of those guys and girls was, it's, it's ridiculous, man. It, they they do things that's not even humanly possible, and the 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 way they tell the story with their bodies, um, it's amazing, man. So that's that's my overview of it. I was I was amazed. I, I'm just gonna I'm gonna give you see if I can give you seven quick points um, from the weekend, um, starting with number seven. Number seven, Montez Ford from the Street Profits oh is a star. He is. He's a star. Well, which, which I, one is, I, is that? Is that the big one or the or the the, the small one? Um, yeah, my Montez is the more streamlined one. Uh, I don't know what that means. He's the one without the headbands. I don't know what that means. He's the smaller one. Thank you, Dante. Is he me or is he you? <laughs> like, what? what which yeah, one I, is he? I, you know, I you know, you know, I, I I like Angelo Dawkins a lot. I think he's a really good wrestler. I think he he's charismatic. He's good in his own right. Uh, but it seems as if, like, since he's in NXT, he's had nothing. They've always tried to put him in a tag, and his partners always overshadowed him. So um, just, you know, a little FYI on Angelo Dawkins. His his first tag team partner, if I'm not mistaken, was Jason Jordan. And Jason Jordan just kind of flew past him. And I think he was matched. He was tagged up with Ty Dillinger for a little bit. Ty Dillinger kind of. Flew past him. Montez Ford's going to fly past Angelo Dawkins, and that's no slight on Angelo Dawkins. It's just that you know, you know, uh, Montez Ford is just this this black hole of charisma. Just he just kind of sucks everything in. Um, I'm I'm all for Dark Io Shirai. Loved it. Um, I think Matt Riddle's a huge star. Yeah. Um, I text you this. Um, at, at, you know, number five. I text you this. Um, I've been watching professional wrestling for as long as I can remember watching television. I've never seen, I've never seen, I'm going to say that one more time. I've never seen anything like Gargano Cole 3. I've never seen a match like that. Yeah. I, I, I'm just saying, I've, that, w- that was the most amazing thing I've ever seen in wrestling. You know, what, I, what, I, can, I, can I comment? Can I comment? Yeah. One of the reasons it was so impressive those guys, those guys had at least an hour, if I'm not mistaken, to work. Yeah, to, to be able to a uh, best two out of three falls, to be able to c- come up. And the reason Iron Man matches or sixty man matches are so long, I mean, are so 
are so hard to do is because you have to be super intuitive and creative as it relates to spots. But here's the thing, Dante. You can only do it with somebody you have history with because you're able to tell, like, Brett and Sean. It makes sense, you know? Gargano and, and um, Adam Cole. It makes sense because those guys have worked together so much. It's almost like second nature. You know what I'm saying? So, like, yes. it, it, it was super, super impressive, man. Yeah, I... Yeah, I yeah. It, it it really was. Um, Velveteen Dream was Velveteen Dream, which oh, means he was fantastic. Um, I was pleasantly surprised. Well, not going into matches, I'm just kind of speaking of specific things. Um, I love Shayna Baszler, but I I think she may be an acquired taste on the main roster. Fat, fast forwarding to SummerSlam, um, I was a little bit more impressed by Natty and. Becky than I thought I would be, okay. although I still did. I did not care about the match a whole lot. Yeah, but nobody it, did. It, it. <laughs> yeah, it was better than I did. Yeah, she came draped in the Canadian flag and got very little pop. Yep. Um, speaking about pop, I was very surprised by how much they popped for Goldberg. They popped. Goldberg might have got the pop of the night. Oh, uh, you, you think over Edge? Um, I did not watch Edge on the kickoff show. So I don't know what his pop was because I don't care about the kickoff show. His pop was heavy, uh, though. But, yeah, but, okay, even if Edge's pop was bigger than Goldberg's, Edge is a WWE guy, and he's from Toronto. Goldberg's sense. not a what, what, what surprised me about Goldberg's pop is that Goldberg's not a WWE guy. He's a WCW guy who had a really crappy WWE run. He did. And I was... And, and and had been away for a very long time so, uh, since, you know, until they brought him back a couple years ago and he went to the Hall of Fame. Um, and I tweeted this when I heard his pop. His pop is proof of Paul Heyman's genius because Paul Heyman loves Goldberg. So so all of you listeners that, that don't know, like, like the way Vince feels about Brock, Goldberg, I mean, uh, Heyman feels the same way about Goldberg. Like Goldberg is Heyman's, if, 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 if Brock Lesnar is Vince McMahon's Andre the Giant, Goldberg is Heyman's Bruno San Martino. You could have just said he's the golden calf of, of Paul Heyman. I felt like your, oh. your explanation was too convoluted. <laughs> well, my, my my explanation was very marky. It, well. it, it, it was good. It was good. I got it. I don't know if the casual yeah. listener will get it. So, so but, but I am, you know, I couple of those spears, I, I, I thought Dolph was really going to go to the hospital. Don't, get, don't go too much into it. Don't get too deep into it. Save it, save it, save it. Um, AJ and Ricochet was the match of the night of Ooh. SummerSlam. Oh, really? Went and did what they did. Um, it, it took me way too long to figure out that Ricochet had a Black Panther-inspired bodysuit on, though. Um, I, I will say this, to comment on that. I loved the the pop culture theme. Alexa Bliss's Buzz Lightyear. I love the Wolverine get up on Gargano. That made me like him even more. <laughs> um, so you, okay, you're gonna make me go back and watch this pre-show because because I, I I know Alexa and Nikki Cross wrestled on the pre-show. Yeah, Alexa Bliss had this Buzz Lightyear type of get up. It was really cool. So yeah, I need to watch it because because I'm about. Because most professional wrestlers are nerds that just went to the gym and lifted weights and became athletic. Yeah, that's very true. So, um, you know, Randy was Randy. He was fantastic against yeah. Kofi. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll talk about it. 
I was, oh my gosh, I, I would say, I would say next to Gargano Cole, the the next thing I was just blown away by was Bray Wyatt. Oh yes. Oh yeah. I was mesmerized by Bray. They're protecting him so good. You know, uh I didn't care a whole lot about the main event. I was kind of watching the audience after Seth won, and I was trying to wonder how much of that sound was pumped in and how much of that was the crowd. Cause I didn't see the crowd really do a lot after he won. Um, is it was it me? Or did Kofi get booed a little bit after he won? He he I'll tell you why. It, they, I can, booed the they booed the, the 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 ending of the match. They booed the ending of the match. We'll 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 get into that. So so yeah. let's uh let's let's recap the weekend that was um in professional wrestling. Let's start with the first match of TakeOver Toronto. It was the NXT TakeOver Tag Team Championship, the Street, the Street Profits, Angelo Dawkins, Montez Ford versus uh, the WWE version of Red Dragon. That will be the undisputed era of Bobby Fish, and that's his real name, people, versus Kyle o- and Kyle O'Reilly. Um, Street Profits went over mm-hmm. um, in, a, in a very good match. Um, I will give my impressions. Um, I want to give a letter grade, but I think that's because I'm looking at CBS Sports and they gave it a letter grade. So I'm not going to give it a letter grade. Um, I thought the match was fantastic. Yeah. Um, Angelo Dawkins and Montez Ford are really they they are very good together as characters, and they're starting to get better as a team in the ring. Cause so so I listened to an interview with Montez Ford. He was on the Sam Roberts show, um, and Montez doesn't have a, a a a very long athletic background. He did track and field in high school. Then he went to the military, and he went to a tryout camp. So he, so he doesn't have any experience prior to the WWE. And at times it shows. Mm-hmm. He's, he's naturally charismatic, and that kind of covers for his, his, his lack of nuance in the ring. But they're getting better. And I thought that putting them with a team like Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly, who have been a team, it, it, you know, I call them the WWE's version of Red Dragon. They were Red Dragon in the Ring of Honor. They were Red Dragon in Dragon Gate. Uh, they have been a team for a very long time. Um, so I think that pairing makes that's going to make Ford and Dawkins better. I think they should. I think they should keep them with the undisputed era for a while, just so the Street Profits can get better in ring. Because out the ring, they're really good. They have great chemistry on camera. They just need to get better in the ring together. And you can you can t- it's obvious you can tell Angelo Dawkins is the more seasoned performer. Um, I don't know if Dawkins has experience outside of WWE, but I know he's been in the system longer. But it was a great match. Um, they they worked the hot tag phenomenally well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, Montez Ford has a fantastic-looking frog splash. Your impressions of the match? Um, what's the, the, the big guy um, for Street Profits? Um, he, to be, to be so big, He's extremely athletic, but I saw him do some things in that match I have never seen a guy of his size do. Um, he had one spot where it was a hot tag, 
and I don't know, maybe it was the first or the second hot tag of that match. Probably the first. Um, he he got in, man, and he like ran into one guy, ran into, I don't know if it was Fish or Riley. He like did a, a spin in the air and like he hit the ropes. It was like super impressive. And I was like, man, that guy can move quick. And it was like oh, yeah. super duper, what's the word I want to use? Almost like a baller, uh, a ballerina. Uh, very like developed and organ, very in sync. That's the word I wanted to use. Very much in sync. So I think the Street Profits, I think they're good. And, and here's, so let me give them all the praise. Street Profits are great. This is my concern though. What WWE does with every black tag team, they're turning into primetime players or they're turning into Kofi and, and uh, R-Truth or they're, they're turning into the, the, the show which can really take away from their athletic ability. I just don't want to see that happen. I think that far too often, really great black tag team, tag teams in the WWE either get shoved out the way when you start to look at them as athletes and not just as a trick and pony show. You know what I mean? Like, I love the red, I love the red cup deal. I love the solo cup. I get it. I love that the fact that you come out dancing, but you, you look like the primetime players or you look like every other black tag team. Like, I, I don't want that to be the shtick. I really want us to focus on them as athletes. And it's sad to say <laughs> that as a black performer in WWE, you have to have major charisma because you can't be a Randy Orton. You know what I'm saying? You can't be stale because then they're going to overlook you. You know what I mean? That was the one thing that kind of bugged me about that match and about them, period, is that they've got all this charisma. They do the jucking and jiving. I just don't like the jucking and jiving. Don't play into that stereotype. And it's not their fault. It's WWE. But I digress. They're great. I was about to say, are you saying the street profits shuck and jive? Right, they're shucking. But but I digress. They're great. Um, Undisputed Era is one of my favorite stables. Period. In NXT, in the WWE main roster, and whenever I get a chance to see Riley and Fish or Cole or any of those guys, like it, it's it's amazing. It's it's magical. They are so good together because, like you said, they've been together for so long, and those guys are phenomenal in the ring. If you put them in the ring with anybody, they're going to make the, the other people look better. They're going to make them perform better. They're just going to make them better because they're that, they're that damn good. That was a great match. It was a great match. I rate the match an 8 out of 10. Great match. Okay, good. Alright, so next one. Um, Io Shirai defeats Candice LeRae. Didn't watch it. Go for it. Okay, I'll go for it real quick. Number one, go back and watch it. Oh, yeah. Um, so, um, who wrote this article for CBSSports.com? Was that Brian Campbell? I should have known it was It was Brian Campbell. Uh, just just FYI, if, if you do not listen to the um, uh, Brian Campbell State of Combat podcast on CBS Sports, um, also on Google or um, iTunes, it's a really good podcast. Um, Brian Campbell is a lot better as a co-host, but he doesn't do bad as a host. Anyway, um, man, that match was fantastic. So, E.O. Shroud, of course, is a Japanese import, and I like the development and evolution of her character. It was something I thought they should have done with Asuka, which would turn her completely dark and heel. Uh, but 
So I'm just one thing I loved about this match is that she was one of my favorite MMA submission holds to defeat Candice LeRae. Uh, she used a Koji clutch, and I've not seen a Koji clutch in a very long time in a wrestling match. That's just the nerdy Marky uh, part of me. But um, it, it was great. You know, Candice LeRae, um, FYI, the, the wife of Johnny Wrestling uh, huh. in real life. Really? Um, man, she is such a great white meat baby face. I like little nuance. So, uh, so Candice LeRae, extraordinarily bright colors. Io Shirai, all black with a little hint of green and some sequins. That contrast of light versus dark played well in the psychology of the match. Candice LeRae bumped her hind parts off for that whole match. And and Io Shirai gave it, and Candice LeRae sold it, and that made Candice's comebacks look 10 times better. Um, uh, and the, the, spot of, the spot of that match was probably that, uh, that Avalanche Spanish fly from the top rope, a.k.a. the Flux Capacitor. But... Um, she slapped on that Koji clutch and pinned her. It was great. Um, and I hope this rivalry is now over. And what was best about this match? Hear, hear this main hear roster. It. Hear it. It was a grudge match between two women, not for a championship. And I cared about I cared about that match more than I cared about Becky and Natty. And, that, and that's because that was a story that they told. Even my wife who watched the, 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 the montage package before the match was like, ooh, this match seems like it's going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. So that, that, that lets you know about, about that match. Um, let's see, we're, we're, we're going to skip over the Matt, the Matt Riddle, Killian Dane brawl, uh, except the only, thing, the only thing I will say about that is, once again, take notes, main roster. <laughs> you, you can you can have two guys do something on your pay-per-view and then not be a match, and it further a story. Because there was a time in professional wrestling that pay-per-views were used to further storylines. Yep. Uh, North, North American Championship. Velveteen Dream, Pete Dunne, and Roderick Strong. Mm, mm, mm. And Velveteen, and, and there's, there's a subtle little Easter egg in here, Velveteen defeated... Uh, Pete Dunn and Roderick Strong to retain the championship. Your thoughts on the match? Oh, man. Um, so let me start off by saying, you know how much I love Velveteen Dream. Um, yes. And since the past, maybe six to seven months ago, I really started paying attention to Pete Dunn and fell in love with the guy. Follow him on IG. Oh, my God. He's such a great wrestler. Can, can, you, um, can you tell the radio, can you tell the podcast universe out there that I was right about Pete Dunn? Oh, you were absolutely right um, about Pete Dunn. I can't. And then, and then the Messiah of the Backbreaker. Um, man, he, God, the match was so darn good. Uh, from from spot, I mean, okay, here... <laughs> Okay, it's just, you can't see me. I'm like so giddy. It's so excited. <laughs> I hear your voice. Let me tell you the three reasons why this was probably out of the past several um, Raws and sm- like, man, this th- this story did a good job of storytelling and wrestling. So, main roster, take note. This is how you further a storyline, but this is how you keep your audience entertained, and this is how you submit. Because even though Velveteen Dream went over, it did not diminish or wash away the characters, right? The other guys. It didn't, it didn't bury them. 
they 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 lost, but it's how their characters are supposed to lose. And it just it just made sense. Velveteen Dream is a monster. And his character, man, he is like the perfect mixture of Rick Rude, Hulk Hogan, Macho Man Randy Savage, The Undertaker. He's like a mixture of all of those guys together. And and you just get this personification of what professional wrestler should be, should look like, how he should act, the way he carries himself. Beverly Dream's a monster. And and it was a great, great match to watch. I give the match a 9 out of 10. There were some spots in that match that if Velveteen Dream wasn't so tall, they wouldn't have looked as good. When he did the sharpshooter, uh, I forgot, who was it Pete Dunne? He did a sharpshooter, and it looked so darn spectacular because the boy, the boy is did. so tall. His legs are so... He's made... like it, Dante, when he goes <laughs> to the top rope and he does a diving elbow, a standing diving elbow... It, it, it's not even a drastic move because he's he, he's so tall it shouldn't look that devastating. But the way he sells it, Velveteen, I don't know what Sean and Hunter and what those guys down there and uh at Fair, what what they're teaching those guys, but they're really making them know how to sell a bump, how to sell a move. They really bring you in an excellent storytelling man. And Pete Dunn, I, I can go on and on about how much I love Pete Dunn's character. Um. I'm scared for the day they get called up though to the main roster. All three of those guys, I'm scared because. Well, I'm... Go ahead. Oh uh, no! Keep going. Keep no, going. No, I went to ma- match nine out of ten for me. And and again, my my last point was I'm I'm just they're so good. I think you got to keep guys like that around in NXT. I almost want to say like don't call one of them up. You know what I'm saying? Not because of lack of skill. But because they need to be in that NXT roster, like they, they're the foundation. You know, they they make it up. Like you, you need them around. I I don't know though, man. I don't know. But go ahead. So everything you just said, and I'm just gonna kind of tack on some stuff. So I wanna I wanna let me let me piggyback on what you said about what they're doing in NXT. So Roderick Stone's a guy who he he's a guy whose career I followed for a very long time. And the one thing I always said about Roderick Strong whether it was Ring of Honor, he had a brief stint in uh, Impact. The one thing I said is like, man, he can bump, he can work, but he can't talk. Mm. Like, he cut the absolute, he was he was the worst promo that I'd ever seen. And I, that may be hyperbole, but maybe it's not. It may be, but maybe it's not. He <laughs> went to Orlando and learned how to talk. I mean, the, the work was always there. It, it was always there. You you look at his stuff, like, I mean, Danny Bryan, AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, Austin Aries, all those guys he worked somewhere between Ring of Honor. Oh, tossing Kevin Owens and uh, Sami Zayn when he was El Generico. Uh, I, think, I think he worked CM Punk and Ring of Honor as well. I mean, his work's fantastic in, in his days in Ring of Honor and TNA, but he couldn't talk. And somehow they 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 show him to use what he has, and now he's an effective promo. Um, first time I saw Pete Dunne, when I watched the the, um, the UK tournament, and, and I don't remember the guy he pushed, but he, but they were all together looking at the title. He pushed him, and Triple H got in his face. He gave that glare back to Triple H. I said, that boy's a star. Yeah, so, oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, he's a star. Oh yeah. And, and Velveteen's fantastic. Um, 
it's funny that you mentioned about keeping some guys down there. You know, uh, NXT is going to FS1. Mm. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, I, and I'm wondering what that's going to look like. Mm-hmm. Um, like, is, is, it, is it now going to be a little bit more fluid as, as NXT may be still maybe used as the developmental system? But will the television take on more of a non-minor league-ish sort of feel? Yeah, I guess. And you see guys kind of float. In, so you have like three legit. I don't. I have no idea. I was just freestyle. Well, um, let me. Can I tag on to that freestyle for thirty seconds? Yes. If, I wouldn't be upset even if they begin to merge. They were supposed to do this with the women's tag team titles, and I think with all the titles. Like, champions were going to start going back and forth between all three shows. I would be okay with you saying, okay, hey, let's say, for example, NXT is Velveteen Dream's show or Johnny Gargano's show, but we have a Seth Rollins appear. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm okay with that because that needs to be their territory. That needs to be... You you treat it like territory, and I know you love this. Treat it like territorial wrestling. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is their turf. You can come and visit, shine, but we know at the end of the day, this is still Velveteen Dream's ring. And I, I'm, I'm even okay with that because I think what, what they built there at NXT, it does not need to be tampered with. Yeah, no, I, 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 do, I do like the term territories. You, 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 hit, you, you hit the center of my field spot. I know, um, I know. As far as, as far as, I mean, Velveteen was Velveteen. Here's the Easter egg, though. That I mentioned this earlier. Roderick Strong's going to come out the next television and say, you know, Velveteen, you didn't pin me, brother. You pinned Pete Dunn. Now I want my one-on-one match. So I, I am looking forward to that. Um, women's championships, Shayna Baszler versus Mia Yim. I have to go back and watch it. Shayna goes over Mia Yim via submission. Um, Mia Yim got herself over in that match. Uh, if there if there if there's one negative to Shayna is that Shayna has not mastered the art of making her opponents look better. But Mia is a veteran. She's been wrestling since she was like 16. So Mia Mia figured out a way to get herself over in a Shayna Baszler. I mean, but the, and Shana, Shana's gravitational pull is so heavy that if you don't keep up, I mean, it'll suck you in and she'll swallow. Her presence is such that it'll swallow you up. Uh, as, as much as I love the uh, the EST of NXT, um, even she kind of got sucked in. And for some reason, um, her name is not coming to me right now. I just remember her persona. But even EO, not EO Shirai, EO Shirai to an extent, even Kyrie saying they weren't able to find their way to shine in Shayna Baszler's matches. And I don't know, I don't know if that's more Shayna or what. But the match was really good. Um and, and I like I like the nuance at the end. Shayna, Shayna is a classically trained catch wrestler. She's a legit MMA fighter. I think she has like she has like thirty five MMA fights under her belt. Um, but she she is she has Japanese background. And if you don't know this about a lot of Japanese wrestlers, 
a lot of Japanese wrestlers have like legit pro MMA fights, i.e. Shinsuke Nakamura has like, I want to say 10 um, MMA fights under his belt before he goes and, and wrestles for New Japan and then WWE. Uh, one of my favorite Japanese wrestlers, Minoru Suzuki, has like a full MMA career before he wrestles for New Japan. But so Shayna, as she was doing MMA, was learn, learning catch wrestling um, from Josh Barnett and Billy Robinson. And it shows because one thing that she does well is she sells. And she sold that arm the whole match so much so she couldn't put on the caribou to clutch. So she she um, she reverses it and then gets me in a triangle to go over on the match. It was it was such good simple nuance. And the one thing I like about Shayna is the same thing I like about Velveteen Dream: no wasted movement. Mm, Everything they do right. it means yeah. something. Yeah, they don't do anything for the sake of just doing it. Yeah, mm. everything, and, and I, I love, I love and that. You, you know what? You, you don't see that too much in the main roster. That 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 really reminds me of the era of the Scott Hall, the Kevin Nash, um, Dusty Rhodes. Like no, and I should have said Dusty first because he's old. He's been the game longer than them. But when they would, do you remember a, a move that they would do? Uh, wrestlers would get hit to the ground. Triple H was the last of the people to really do it. You would get hit, you'd be on the on the on the mat, and you would like you, you would twitch your body a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. kind of like that. No wasted movement. Like that meant something for the match, for the dynamic of the match. Little little like I'm gonna take your word. Little nuances like that, man, further the story and 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 make the match that much more better. You know, just because you mentioned, you know, one thing I I can't stand what is when you get hit. And and I had an extraordinarily brief football career, um, and and, I, and also an extraordinarily brief rugby career. I've been hit hard, and in real life, when I, when you get hit hard, the shock hits you before the pain, mm. and usually you don't move. Mm. It gets on my nerves. People. It, Guys get hit and they screaming and they're writhing and and, and flailing around the pit. Man, that hurt. Be still. Sell it. You gotta you sell know, it. That, That's the so, psychology of it. Yeah, that 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 drives Mattanoni. So match of the weekend, in my opinion, the NXT Championship: Adam Cole versus Johnny Gargano. Adam Cole defeats Johnny Gargano two falls to one in a two out of three falls match. So let me set up the clip, and then I'm going to let you go for it. So the way the match was set up, Adam Cole got to choose a stipulation. Johnny Gargano picks a stipulation. And if it goes to a third fall, William Regal picks the third stipulation. Adam Cole picks a a one-fall wrestling match. Uh, Johnny Gargano chooses a weapon street fight. And William Regal had a weapons-laden no escape. How old school is that? No escape cage match. So your thoughts on the match? <coughs> 10 out of 10. Um, yeah. Great. From top to bottom, beginning to end. Great. Adam Cole is fastly becoming one of my top five favorite wrestlers. Um, I love Johnny Gargano. I, I just, his name is too long for me. Uh, I love I love Johnny Wrestling. I'll put it that way. <laughs> Um, but Adam Cole, man, is I love Undisputed Era. I, you can tell 
who who spends the most time with Hunter and Sean and William? You can tell. You can tell Adam Cole spends an extended amount of time with Shawn Michaels and Hunter. You can you can tell by the way, like he's attitude era. You know what I mean? I don't know if you get that vibe about oh, him, absolutely. but the way absolutely. He, the way he carries himself, the way he talks, the way he wrestles, the way he is on the mat. It's very reminiscent of like Shawn Michaels in the beginning stages of DX. Or, uh, very reminiscent of Triple H um, when he was becoming the cerebral assassin. Like, psychology is so important in wrestling, and main roster guys forget that. You know who's forgotten that? Seth Rollins has forgotten that. Seth Rollins used to, used to really have some good psychology. Now he's just all wrestle, which is okay, right? If you want to be main roster, cool. You want to shine and do your. Your 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 curbside stomps without the psychology, go for it. It'll sell a t-shirt. But you know what Adam Cole is better at than Seth Rollins and 80% of the roster? Psychology. He under, he understands the game. And he draw you talk about somebody who can draw you in with the presence. <laughs> the fact that this man, the entire audience knows his catchphrases, that he he reminds me. At the peak of Chris Jericho's career, when he was the man, I'm not talking about undisputed champion Chris Jericho. I'm talking about a little, like, I don't know if it was before or after, but there was a period where Chris Jericho was white, freaking hot. Like, the moment that ball appeared on that Titantron and that countdown started, people lost their freaking minds. That's what Adam Cole reminds me of right now. I would say that was like, oh my gosh, I'm trying to remember. I want, in my mind, I want to say that's like, I would say that period was from, that was like WrestleMania 2000 Intercontinental Champion Jericho to um, to him turning heel. No, to, to, to um, Shawn Michaels heel turn Jericho. Mm. Um, and I agree. And in between that was undisputed champion Jericho. Nobody likes that Jericho. <laughs> Jericho I, didn't even I, like that Jericho. I like that Jericho. They didn't. They didn't handle him. Oh, this is another conversation for another podcast. But I, they, <laughs> they, 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 I like that Jericho. I, I love all Jerichos, right? All versions. But they did not do enough with him. Like that. That run as champion was like his intercontinental run was better than that. To be honest, to me, all of his intercontinental runs were better than that. And, and, his, <laughs> and when. He, when he went like old school, uh, suit and tie, Nick Bockwinkle, I'm going to use large words because I'm smarter than you, Hill Jericho. That was, his best, cha- that was Jer- his best championship run to me. Chris Jericho's a genius. You know. yeah, he is. <laughs> Enough about Jericho. Um, man, I don't, I don't even, I have, ladies and gentlemen, I have a degree in English and I've taught English for 16 years. This is true. And I have no words yeah. for what I saw. When I tell you I've never seen a match like this one, I've seen two out of three falls matches. When they were picking the stipulations, I'm like, oh, this is like three stages of hell, Stone Cold versus Triple yeah. H. It was that times five million. It was so good. I mean, you saw all sides of Gargano. You saw you saw the white meat babyface technician. You saw the the vile kind of dark place 
that Tommaso Ciampa took him to. Like you saw, you saw every dimension of Gargano's character come out in this match, and you saw, you know, the, you saw the same thing with Adam Cole. You saw, you saw a nasty side of, of, of Adam Cole that I don't think you normally see. So forgive my language, but Adam Cole is the classic chicken shit heel. Mm, he is. Because, he is. Because, because he talks a lot. He's beatable because he's not, he's not Brock Lesnar, obviously. No. He's not a big guy. And because he's not a big guy, he usually runs. And he, he, he counter punches, for lack of a better term. And he uses his boys to help him win matches. But you saw like a nasty side of Adam Cole that he has not shown in, in WWE. And I'm looking at the 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 uh the uh, gift tweet here on the on the uh on the website, and that was that wheelbarrow suplex that he gave Gargano on the apron. It was stuff like that, but he was it was fantastic. I love I love the fact that Gargano's like, I don't care if he wins via disqualification. I'm going to beat the crap out of him with this chair. And he just smiled and beats the crap out of him with the chair. The small, subtle but, things, man. And I, and I love the twist uh, because he made good on doing that because, he, because Cole beat him in his fall and Gargano beat him in his fall. They didn't try to do too much with that. They didn't have, like, Gargano beat Cole in the one fall match. Um, and then, oh, my gosh, the steel cage weapons was just was – just, it, it, was, it was nuts. I mean, it was, it was, it was ridiculous. Um, and it was they, – they had enough left to be unique. Yeah. Um, what do you rate the match? Oh gosh, uh, that that was a um, Brian Campbell gave it an A plus. I'll give it an A plus, ten out of ten. Yeah. I don't know if Meltzer gave it five stars. If he doesn't, if he didn't, Meltzer doesn't know professional wrestling. That was a five star match, brother. So let, let's move it on to um, let's move it to SummerSlam, and we're not gonna go through the pre the pre show matches. No. Um, we'll go right to We'll go right to the main uh, roster. We'll, we'll just kind of uh, Gulak goes over on only Lorkin, which um, um, well, I was pretty sure that was going to happen. Uh, the Buddy Murphy Apollo Cruz match, which was a little smart. I yeah. saw pieces of that yeah. that was used, that was used to further the yeah, story. Yeah, I want to say I, I want to um, say that that was a great example of how to further a story. I'm really glad they got Roman involved in that. That was and and, and I text you. I texted you and I said, they're about to push Buddy Murphy. Because uh, it was, it was in that moment when Roman came out and I said, like, okay, yep. They're either going to pit Buddy against Roman, Daniel, or Roman. Like, it could go so many different ways. But either way, I'm good. I'm good for it because he is WWE's one of their best kept secrets. So, here, so here's the thing. When, when, when Roman Reigns confronted Buddy Murphy... Um, and I'll take no credit for this. Uh, uh, David Shoemaker calls this the Randy Orton test. I'm like, because, because I mean, Buddy's jacked. I remember Buddy from NXT 
during his tag team run and then moving up to 205 Live. I want to say he competed in the second Cruiserweight Classic, but don't quote me on that. But I'm like, he's got a good look, and he can he can work his tail off, and he he can talk. You know, I'm like, but you know, he he'll go to the main roster, and then like, oh my gosh, he's like five, he's like Neville. Yeah, you know, because Neville was Jack, but Neville. Shit. Yeah, true, true. And it's no, and and, and it's it's unlike AJ Styles because AJ's short, mm-hmm. but. So was Sean, and so was Brett. But those three guys, and I'm going to put Adam Cole in there. They have this ability to wrestle so huge. You don't notice that they're five foot nine. Um, so so he confronts Roman, and he stands. I'm like, oh, buddy passes the Randy Orton test. Yeah, you can put that guy on the main roster. And he's believable. Um, so so th- that was good. Um, Edge. Edge gave a, a, a great jumping love hug to Elias. He has the worst spear in the history of the business. <laughs> uh, I love Edge, but I hate his spear. Uh, Alexa and Nikki defeated the Iconics. And now we come to the main roster. Um, I'll lead off. So Becky defeats Natalia via submission. Um, it was a very good curtain jerker. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing that I liked um, when 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 Becky gets to disarm her on. She kind of turned her wrists, little nuance to kind of up the to up the the torque mm-hmm. on the disarmer uh, to make sure that that Natty tapped out. Um, but I thought it, it was it was a good match, solid, uh, very good match to start. Um, that's what you do in a match like that. That doesn't have a lot of story to it. But you, you have a proven technician in Natalia and a proven technician in Becky, and they had a very good match without much story. Um, you know, they tried to kind of kind of had, you know, the whole, when I came to NXT, you held me back and sort of thing. But I'll say this about, about the man. The man's starting to cool off a little bit. Mm. Your thoughts? Uh, before I get into the match, I just want to say whoever is over the WWE network, forgive my language, Dante. Fix that shit. Okay. <laughs> there was a, like, I'm not going to even tell you how many times that I was watching it from my TV. I won't tell you how many times the app just stopped working and it kicked me out. Then when I tried to get back in, dude, and clicked on SummerSlam, um, watch live, it started showing me the Becky Lynch special, like, like the, the 24 hour special. Like, what the heck? Like, what is this? I had to go to my phone and watch it. And then, like, another 30 minutes later, I tried on this. It was, it was weird. But um, fix that, WWE, today. Or I'm not going to pay next month, okay? <laughs> um, the, the match was subpar. Like you said, like many people have been saying, that was the right match to start the show. Not just because it was a, you know, foundational, good, decent match, technician. Um, but it was a submission match. I think that I think that's a good way to go into a pay-per-view. As big as, you know, that's got some other matches down the line. You got Goldberg coming. You've got Brock Lesnar. So I think that this was a good one to kind of build up people's build up the steam a little bit. Um I think the man is cooling down. And let me tell you why I think she's cooling down. Seth Rollins. I think that the moment WWE tried to make Seth and Becky into Nikki and John. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, Bree, Bree, and John is the moment that it took away from her being the man. Oh, uh, now she's in love. I mean, like, okay, I get it. She, she's in love. Okay, 
but I she's, agree. She, she's I never the thought main. about it that way, but I agree. She's the main. Over the past five, ten years, there have been some monumental moments for me in wrestling, Dante. Um, one in recent years being the pipe bomb. I would never forget where I was when I saw that when um, CM Punk sat down Indian style on that ramp. I would never forget that. Another iconic moment is Becky Lynch with a broken nose standing at the top of that that staircase. Having just invaded Raw. Got, Got the best of Ronda Rousey. I would never forget that. That cemented Becky Lynch. But WWE didn't know how to handle it after that. After she won the titles at Mania, it was like, okay. It's like they didn't think further than WrestleMania. So let's put them in a Oh, her and Seth Rollins are a thing. Let's make that like something on TV. Okay, let's put them against Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans. Mixed tag team matches. That immediately begin to dilute the effectiveness of Becky Lynch. And I'm mad about that because she is the freaking man. That was itself. But I'm not going to get into that. That's another topic for another podcast, another day between myself and Dante. Okay, the match was subpar. I give it a 7 out of 10. It was solid. It could have been a lot better, but uh, hey, what do you get? Well, you, you, you're not going to get past seven if you don't have a story. So, all right, you're Goldberg not. Goldberg squashes. Yeah. Look at me you say defeat. Squashes Dolph Ziggler. No, uh, he, 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 he murdered Dolph Ziggler. He's dead. He did. You're, Dolph, I was going to say you're Dolph. Dead. <laughs> I, you know I love Dolph Ziggler, uh, and I, I like Goldberg. I think we all knew that Goldberg was going to come out. Um, I will say this. Towards the end, when Dolph Ziggler I, I don't know whose idea this was. For him to call Goldberg out again, twice, to me, like, I don't know what you thought about that. I loved it. I loved it so much that I wanted something to happen. I was like, oh, maybe there's a, a like, Dolphins are going to do something here or somebody's going to come out. I don't know what was going to happen, but I saw what they did. This is the thinking. If I was, I'm going to say I was in the pitch meeting for this match. Somebody said, listen, we've got to make Goldberg look strong again after the debacle he did in Saudi Arabia. Okay, we're going to put, pit him against Dolph Ziggler. Why, somebody says. They said because Dolph Ziggler's the best bumper in the industry. He's going to make Goldberg look like a machine. And that is what he did. Nobody can sell better than Dolph. Every spear that man took was posterized. Like, it could be a poster. It's going to be one of those things that WWE puts on the side of their semi-trucks when they're driving from city to city. Those spears were dominant, destructive, and they murdered Dolph Ziggler. I will say this. <laughs> when he super kicked Goldberg in the beginning of the match, because typically Goldberg would jump things off, right? With the yeah. strike first. I like how they did that. I like that. And I'm going to say this. Even though he was squashed, I'm excited to see what Dolph Ziggler is going to have to say on either Raw or SmackDown. I'm going to I'm excited to see what they do with his character. Um 9 out of 10 for me for the match. Um I I think I got blinders on because I still want I still want Shawn Michaels versus Dolph Ziggler. Um I mean I don't know if there's anybody in the company this side of AJ Styles that sells better than Dolph Ziggler. So if if that's the if 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 you think the best thing you can do with him at, at this point, and, and the truth is, I don't know, you know, other than having him wrestle 
for the Intercontinental Championship, there's no one I would replace in any of the title matches or any of of the big-time other matches. My concern with Dolph Ziggler is always the same. You know, he they they use him to get Drew McIntyre over, then McIntyre squashes him, and then Dolph goes away and does nothing. Um, Then he comes back, and they use him to kind of help get Kofi over as his first big win as the champion, and then Dolph kind of does nothing. Um, so, you know, Goldberg, you know, pledged to put him in the hospital and he looked like he was really trying to put him in the hospital. And that was as much Dolph as it was Goldberg. Yeah. And now he's got, they've got the return match on Monday night raw. So it's like, okay, so that happens. And, you know, uh, so after, you know, does, does, does he go over on the Miz on raw? And if if the Miz goes over on Dolph, then what what's going to happen? It's, it's it's almost like, you know, he you know Dolph is in this kind of kind of re, he's it's like Groundhog Day, mm-hmm. like he repeats the same thing over and over again. That's my concern. Hey, yeah, um, I have the same because, concern because, because if they don't if, if they don't do anything to kind of further or establish a story, then what was the point of Goldberg doing what he did last night? Everything everything looked fantastic. But but if you're not going to do anything, then what's the point of doing it? It was to make Goldberg look strong. And I agree with you. There needs to be some furtherance for that storyline. If we're going to do Ziggler versus Legends, go for it. Um, I don't think that was the intention, though. Yeah, and and so even if that was... Was that simply... Kind of like Taker got his tag match with Roman yep. to make up for the Saudi Arabia match. Yep. So now Goldberg got his yep. moment to. Oh, okay. that, that's exactly what it was. So all, all, although most reports say go that Heyman wants to use Goldberg as much as Goldberg, as often as Goldberg wants to be used, because Heyman Heyman has the man crush on him. All right, AJ versus Ricochet for the U.S. Championship, and AJ went over on Ricochet. With I would say the best finish. Yeah, that was impressive. Of the night. <clears throat> Super impressive. So here's the thing: Ricochet has this impeccable ability, uh, much like his his international contemporary Will Osprey, to wrestle a spot fest style match and then not look like a spot fest. Um, and and I and I've said it, and I still believe it. Ricochet is going to change the business. If they can kind of figure out character-wise, he can figure out character-wise what like so so I noticed they don't so when when he was in Japan and on the Indies he was King Ricochet, so now he's just the kind of the one and only, um, and they need to delete that freaking ping oh. bullet note. That is annoying. I love it. <laughs> that is. So it, make, it, make, it makes me think of Speedy Gonzalez. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's so. I'm like, oh, that's so lame. But um, the match was fantastic. Yeah. Um, it stole the show. I thought it was the best match on SummerSlam. Um, I think I think AJ is kind of like your boy Randy Orton. He's so good and so consistent. Yeah, that people, don't, people it's hard to recognize how great he is mm. because yeah. he's so great. Yeah, and, and and like, I have not seen AJ Styles have a bad match probably since he was in TNA. 
Like yeah. hey, he doesn't have he doesn't no matter no matter who he works, he doesn't have bad matches. And I and I think you know, people may people may like want to counter with like his matches with Nakamura, but you gotta understand they wanted to have a strong style type match. Mm-hmm. And that presentation doesn't exactly play to a WWE audience. Yeah. And they were trying to tell a story yeah. and turn Nakamura heel. Yeah. Um and, and just because it did it didn't meet the expectations everybody had doesn't mean the match was bad. You're this right. match was this match was fantastic. Uh they continue to establish themselves um as 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 real legit heels um along with uh gallows and the machine gun, Carl yeah. Anderson. Yeah, he had um, the he had the makeup on. You know, yes he did. Although, you know, you know, I like the magic killer, but you know, I I like to see the Buddha Doom every now and then. But um, your thoughts? Uh, great match. Uh, give to me. It wasn't the match of the night. Uh, it was a really good match. And again, you said it. You AJ Styles is going to give you a good a good match every every every. He can wrestle a pillow. <laughs> it looked freaking phenomenal um, <laughs> because he's the phenomenal one. <laughs> no pun intended. That was by accident, not on purpose. Um, Ricochet is great. Um, I think that he needs to. You said it, man. Fine-tune a little bit of who he is. He's good at delivering devastating moves. But if he can learn, I don't know how I want to say it. I don't know what it is. He just needs to get it. Does that make sense? It's just... It's Wait, some, say, say that again. I don't know what it is I'm trying to say. But whatever it is, he, he just needs to get it. I don't know what that means, even as I say it. But he just... He's got it. You're referring to, to Ricochet. Yeah, I'm referring to Ricochet. Can I give you a quote real quick? Yeah. Um, on the Rick Flair Full Horseman DVD, uh, Jim Ross said almost verbatim the same thing you just said about Arn Anderson. It was like when Arn came to the Carolinas, he had it. He just needed to find it mm. and embellish it. Yeah, that's exactly. And what I, I, mean. I, I agree. I agree hundred percent what you're saying. About yeah. He he just he needs he needs to figure out ricochet. Yeah, yeah. He but, knows what to do in the ring. He just got to get because he, he, just, he needs to like like Arn and you know Arn's one of my all time favorite guys. Arn could work, and, and him actually coming into the Carolinas from Florida is a little bit before my time. But when I started watching the Four Horsemen. And I'm not comparing Ricochet to Arn Anderson. They're not the same wrestler, but they do have this one commonality. Yeah. Arn had to figure out the enforcer. Yeah. 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 But when yeah. he figured out the enforcer, Arn, in my opinion, may be the greatest wrestler to never be world heavyweight champion in any promotion. That's good. Uh, that's respectful. Um, and yeah, that Jim Ross took the words. He 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 knew what I was thinking. That was it. But the match was solid. I give it an eight out of ten. Um, I like what they're doing. I like heel AJ. Um, I like heel AJ. I like um, the oh, they are the Bullet Club. <laughs> I like the OC or the Bullet Club. I like how it furthered the story. Um, I'm excited to see their next bout. Um, those are two characters that I think that I think I th- even now that I'm saying it, I, I see why they put Ricochet with AJ Styles because AJ is going to help develop Ricochet. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and it- AJ makes sense to me, um, but it didn't happen. Uh, the match was subpar, man. I'm going to give this a really low rating of a match. I'm going to give it like a 3 out of 10. Um, I just didn't enjoy it. Um, it's not that 
Ember Moon isn't as polished as we thought she was. And I think that she needs more time working before she hits the main stage again. Bailey was average, you know. Bailey is another ricochet, man. Like when Bailey gets it, like when she gets it, man, she's gonna be one of the baddest divas. Now, I don't even want to say divas. She's gonna be one of the baddest wrestlers and performers in that in that ring. She just hasn't gotten it yet, and I don't even know if putting the belt on her. And you said this a, a few months ago. I don't know if putting the belt on her was the right move right now. I don't know if she and, and Bailey's had excellent matches. Some of my best memories of matches have been with Bailey from that women's division. But I think she needs to be with the right person. I don't know if Ember Moon was the right person right now. Uh, I, yeah, I was kind of like baffled at it. You know what I mean? Like it was, eh. it, was a, it was it was one of those things that I, it was unnecessary. Um, and I hate to say that about a major title in WWE, but it's making. It's almost like putting having the the longer you have the belt on Bailey is making her more insignificant. <laughs> if that if that yeah. makes sense. No, it makes because because you're making the point that you told me I was wrong about earlier. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. I, no, it's okay. I see it. I'm a believer now. <laughs> Here, here's okay. So 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 I'll give you a little bit. I'll give you a little bit more than, than three words. Uh, that was no Sasha Banks. They didn't capitalize. So if if you were watching. SmackDown, those couple weeks leading up to SummerSlam, like Bailey was doing some kind of heelish things. Like they had the tag match, and I, I don't remember if they went over or not, but Bailey gives Ember a Bailey to belly. Like, ooh, gotcha. And like kind of the, the go home SmackDown. She comes out to help Ember Moon. And Ember Moon's like, no, don't touch me. I don't trust you. And she's like, hey, I'm just out here trying. Like, you you you're dropping these subtle little hey maybe Bailey's gonna and maybe it's not a full turn but maybe it's Bailey willing to be dastardly she's not the sweet little huggable girl who grew up watching but they didn't do anything with it yeah in the match um I love Ember Moon but once again if we can go back to what we said about Ricochet she needs to find it I I here's the thing. In other circumstances, I think she's got it. I just don't know if WWE is willing to let her go ahead and lean into it. So here, here's the issue with her character. Um, and, and this was my concern about her coming up to the main roster. She's the Sheena. She's, a, she's the strong super warrior. But she's the same height as Alexa Bliss. So 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 and she's got one of the best finishers in the company with she that does. clip. She does. But it's like she can't be like the badass when she's shorter than everyone. Uh, no, you can't un- unless the only exception to that rule was Taz. And Taz really didn't work. And maybe that was booking or whatever, but Taz didn't work in WWE the way he worked in ECW. I think that so was then that, so, so, so then that kind of goes back to is the environment mm. not conducive to that kind of version of Ember? There we go. And that, I think that kind of goes to what, well, a little bit of what I just said. 
Maybe so it's then, not, so, maybe it's not the product. Maybe it's just the environment. I, I, okay. So, so then, do you kind of look at her the same way you did Nikki Cross and say, "Well, let's tweak a little bit your presentation and try to add some depth to the character"? Because here's the thing about Ember: she she's got she's got funky, unique wrestling gear. She has the different color contacts. Um, you know, she's a darker skinned sister. Um, she screams a lot. But we don't really know who Ember Moon is. So, think, and 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 and, and, uh, and at worst, and at worst, she's 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 a good hand that doesn't have natural charisma. She reminds me of Baron Corbin when he first came up. Um, I, I will talk about how how much they messed up Baron Corbin. <laughs> See, that that's kind of who it reminds me of, and I think that. I don't want to get too much into it, but match is weak. Um, go on. Go yeah. on. All right. Kevin Owens defeats Shano Mack to keep his job. Your thoughts? Uh, they. I'll give you a quick summary. They want to recreate Stone Cold Steve Austin and Vince McMahon. That's all this was. Yeah. That's all this was. I agree. But you know what? I will say this. It works for Kevin Owens. Like, we've been debating, not debate, quarreling a long time. Like, what are they going to do with Kevin? And even myself, like, I, I, I would watch the product and get frustrated. As a Universal Champion, I couldn't get with him. Even he did some things with Sami Zayn. Like, I liked him always, always. Was, I thought he was great. But I just was like, never, oh, yes, Kevin Owens. Like, this is it for him. I never had that moment. But now in this, in this role that he's in, I think this works really well for him. I think this is who Kevin Owens needed to be in the WWE product right now, and it works. Well, what if what if on like the wrestling continuum, the only guy that he's good against in the ring is Sami Zayn, and he like he's like average against everyone else. So, um, it was okay. Like the the payoff wasn't as good as the build up. No, I kind of like I did enjoy the flipping because this was. We've seen this story between Shane and and KO, except this time Shane is the heel and KO's the babyface. Mm-hmm. Before that, KO was the heel and Shane was the babyface. Um I don't know, the the match was fine. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't outstanding, but it didn't stink. You know what's stupid uh, to me? You know what doesn't make sense? Whenever somebody gets stunned on a table or like the announce table. They make it seem like the person who took the stunners, then, oh, they're hurting. No, they're, they were protected. The person that took the bump the most was the person who gave the stunner. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Whenever I see that, I'm like, no. Because you just plop butt first on a wood table. Exactly. That, it... that, uh, that other person just bent over it. <laughs> that was it. So, so ne- the, ne- the next match, um, so I said AJ and Ricochet was the match of the night. Yes. I will say this match stole the show. Yes. Charlotte versus Trish. Yes. Charlotte goes over over Trish via submission. Yes. Um, I was at Monday Night Raw at the All-State Arena when Trish wrestled Lita in the main event of Monday Night Raw. First time ever two women main event in Raw. I was at Monday Night Raw at the All-State Arena with Trish wrestled Victoria in a no holds barred hardcore match, and Victoria hit Trish so hard her face exploded. 
Trish is one of the great stories in wrestling in that thanks to Fit Finley, who if Dusty is like the father of NXT, Fit is the father of the women wrestlers because he trained them all. And he'll tell you how bad Trish stunk when she first started training. And of course, she she was she was one of the the great fitness model champion. Um, I, the first time I remember actually seeing Trish Stratus, I want to say she was on the cover of Flex magazine after she won like the Miss Olympia Fit competition. Um, but she worked, and she became a really good in ring performer. Mm-hmm. Um. But this might have been the best match she'd ever wrestled in her career. Like, Charlotte made Trish look like a million bucks. And I was completely surprised Mm. by how good the match was. I was not expecting that match to be that good. And, 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 And one thing, I'll give Trish credit in this regard, in that Trish had to be as physical and tough mm-hmm. as she'd ever been in, in, in the kayfabe sense, mm-hmm. although she hadn't been active in a very long time. Mm-hmm. Because as soon as soon as you saw the ring, stories told, look how much bigger Charlotte is than mm-hmm. but it was it was fantastic. She looked she looked fantastic in that match. That was her that was her that that was her her farewell match. It, it might have been the, the best match she best performance she ever gave. I would say that's definitely the best match I've ever seen her have. Your thoughts? Uh, I texted you, man. I said, this is the match of the night. This is the best match. Not only did it steal the show for me, it was the best match. Storytelling. Storytelling. Young wrestlers, I pray to God, there are some young male or female who wants to get into professional wrestling and you are perusing through Spotify to find a wrestling podcast that would maybe give you some uh, inspiration, some guidance. Let me guide you. Okay, let Pastor Des guide you on your journey to being a professional wrestler. Storytelling. Doesn't matter how big you are, doesn't matter how small you are. It matters how good you can tell a story. This match reminded me, and I told you this, I don't know if you feel the same way now after watching it, but this reminded me of Flair versus Shawn Michaels. Because that that story, Flair couldn't do much in that fight because he was 60-something years old. Maybe 70. (laughs) Sean carried the match, similar to Charlotte carrying Trish. But Flair told such a story that that as he was going against Sean, it was almost like, well, maybe he's going to (laughs) win. Oh, man. Trish told such a good story. Charlotte is by far in the WWE. I have two favorite wrestlers. Top tier two. Randy Orton and Charlotte freaking Flair. The woman, she did some things in that match, Dante, that <laughs> further, further solidified her as being the greatest. Not one of the greatest. She is the greatest women's wrestler ever. Hands down. And, and can, can I, can I, can I um, echo those sentiments yes. and give you a bit of a hot take? Yes. I don't think it's close. Oh no! No one's coming. No, I think I think Charlotte has surpassed. Like, well, so funny about the the Flair family. Uh, her her late brother Reed was supposed to be the guy 
Michael is going to be the 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 great wrestler who got daddy's jeans. No, Charlotte got daddy's jeans. Yeah. And 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 Rick will tell you because he said it. She has everything written, and you know how I feel about Nature Boy Ric Flair. Yeah. She has like when I when I see her, I see him. Yeah. But I see him if he has Shawn Michaels' athleticism. Mm, yes, yes. Because Rick Flair wasn't the most athletic ever. <laughs> oh no! Don't get me no, 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 Don't get that twisted. He was a fantastic athlete. He he was. But, but you talking about it's, athleticism? It's, 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 but it's evolution. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so you look at what what Flair did. Like, like you put the three best workers from the eighties in this order: three, two, one. Three is Ricky Steamboat. Two is Macho Man Randy Savage. One is Ric Flair. Yeah, yeah. So the evolution was from the nineties. From those three, was like Brett and Shaw. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and if he if he if he would have had a longer run, we'd be talking about Brian Pillman as well. Yeah, I, I um, but but and they so now you move up and to be honest, if I had to make a list uh, of of the, like the top ten wrestlers in the in the in the world right now, Charlotte's on that list. Oh, she is. She, she might not be past number five. She is. She is. Dante, let me the, psychology man. She did oh some things God. in that. She, did you hear? So did you hear when she says it's that easy? She said it like seven times. Yeah. Man. She's like, this is Trish Stratus. Oh my God. You were Trish. God. God this is Trish. I'm like, oh my I was, God. I was getting turned on, not because it was like a sexy. It was just like, that is so genius. Oh my God. <laughs> I and, said, man. And, and she, I, I think we talked about this in one of, one of the former episodes. So please go check the archives on uh, um, Apple Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Um, when, I, when I said she, she, she was walking to the ring to the Louis Vuitton belt and the Rolex, I said she was she had found her inner flair mm-hmm. because for a while, I mean, she has to be a heel. She has to be she, because because she's six foot tall and she has an incredible physique, and and no one else has her physical. Not I mean, Ronda Rousey's only like five six, right? Yeah, but but apparently in real life, like Charlotte is the nicest, sweetest, most genteel person in the world. But you could tell that because her heelishness for a while, as great as she was in the ring, the, mm-hmm. her heelishness was 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 coming off um, as very very contrived. It seemed forced. Mm-hmm. But this match against Trish, it really seemed natural. It, she was naturally. It, it was effortless, man. Like when she, oh my god, the match. Like I want okay, to go watch we, it again and just. I don't, don't want to spend thirty minutes. Oh, so, oh, so. <laughs> that, I, I still don't, I, I, I still got to give you AJ Ricochet as the match of the night. Okay. But that match stole the freaking Man. show. All right, let's go. Let's that go on. Match. Let's go on. So, uh, Kofi versus Randy. Kofi go. Well, it's a double countout. Yeah. You, I'm gonna let you handle it. You explain <laughs> to me this finish, man. So, because I don't. Gosh, I I get why they did it. They want to further the story. Okay, so. Because I think even Cole said it like, oh, there's more. We're going to have to do this again, you know, after they double count out. The match was okay. You know, I like the fact that Randy was antagonizing Kofi's kids. I wanted, I thought he was going to like really get in their face. It's almost like. I'm going to cut you off real quick. The only thing I saw Randy do was just look at him. That's all he did. 
Like, he, he didn't was, really do, he, he didn't was, do anything. He, so I thought and, that, and, okay, and, and, maybe, and if you maybe Randy's it, about to touch him. But wait, if you go back and watch it, it was Kai, his son, that was messing with Randy. So I thought that, now that you say that, I'm thinking like, okay, did they tell the boy to say something to Randy? Big, so I thought Randy was going to get more in his face and like, you're going to do a fake RKO. You're going to really like RKO the kid? What are you going to do? Because it, 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 it makes sense. Like, okay, okay, okay. You know what? Progression, storyline-wise, it makes sense that Randy sees what Kofi's weakness is now. Oh, it's your family. I, I, I love that dynamic. People were upset that it was a double count-up because they didn't like the way it ended. So uh, one person, one blogger even said that you could have had the same dynamic but just have Randy win, take the belt, and hold it in his family's face like I beat your dad. You know, like I'm holding him down again. That could, could have furthered the storyline. There are a thousand ways you could have done it. This is what they went with. Am I mad about it? No, because it, it makes sense. You, you, you didn't want Kofi to come off and have a clean loss, nor did you want Randy. You, I'm, you could have done that to me, but WWE, right, you didn't want to do that. So this is what made the most sense to you. The audience didn't like it, but I thought it was okay because we were able to tap into another depth. We were able to say, okay, now SmackDown, because I've been thinking about this, Dante. SmackDown, <laughs> Randy comes out and says, okay, okay, Kofi, now I know your weakness. I'm going to... So maybe, maybe storyline-wise, his Kofi's family starts to get more involved. Be, oh. and if, 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 you, if you lean into Randy devastating this man's family, that's fine. Call back to what he did with Triple H and Stephanie and the McMahons. He can do that. And I think, I think that if you want to make Kofi this white, hot baby face, you bring in the man's family. And I think that you have him get vicious, get vile, but still protecting his baby face persona. I'm okay with it. I was okay. The match was so the, the match gets a 7, 8 out of 10. The, no, it gets an 8. And the only reason it gets an 8 is because I love that RKO that Randy did to Kofi when he was coming off the top. That RKO was killer. That was nasty. That was nasty. <laughs> was nasty. And you know what? You, you know what sold it even more? God damn it. This is why I love Randall Keith Orton. You know what sold it even more? When, <laughs> when he hits it, when he hits it, Randy, lay, Randy lays back and he smiles. I'm like, oh my God, he's a genius. I just, I, I melted him by seat. He's a genius, man. Oh, that was great. That was Hey man, look, look, that, that was great. That was great. But let me tell you why you're wrong. That's gonna okay. be on a t-shirt someday. Let me tell you why. You're wrong. Okay, okay. Why you're because wrong. because that match, there 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 are few unforgivable sins in professional wrestling. One for me is personal, and that's when you hear guys call spots in the ring. But the second, oh yes, did you see that? I didn't see that. Oh, but, but oh, no, no, no. wait, wait. Let me but, let me, but, let me, but, let me but, say this real quick. I'm, I promise I'll let you finish your point. Okay. There, 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 it wasn't Kofi's fault. There was a bad camera angle. I don't know who called the production, but um, Kofi had, and I saw it, and I meant to text you, Kofi had Randy in the corner, and the camera okay. shot over to them, and you can see um, Kofi whispering something to Randy, and then he um, slingshots Randy, and I'm like, oh, God darn it. The bad, come on, cameraman. <laughs> you got all of that conversation. Well, ahead, well but, but did, did you hear it? You, but you literally saw it. You can tell, though. You can tell. Like, yeah, he was, but, but this, he was one, this, one, this is what I'm saying, though. Like, like, you can go back and watch John Cena matches from the mid-2000s on Raw, and you can hear him say, reverse me. But no, no. The unforgivable sin that they committed in that match, and this, this ruins the match for me, is when the announcers have to explain the mm. finish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. 
I'll give you that. The announcers should never have to. The, the announcer's job is to react to the finish, not explain it. Because when the ref rang the bell, you know what I said? I'm like, what just happened? I wasn't sure what happened. I didn't either. But that 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 took away everything that match could have been. Now, if you want it, if you wanted it to be a double count out or where where it was a, a no decision, where you did not have a winner, I'm going to book it for you right now. You could do one or two things. This is a little bit indie, but they could have did it this way. You could have had it where, so Randy hits Kofi with the RKO, right? Yeah. Uh, Kofi, Kofi slithers out and kind of rolls out of the ring because he's delirious, right? You could have had Randy pick up Kofi and Kofi on instinct hit him with a trouble in paradise. And he's staggering and then have, then have Randy like bounce off the apron or bounce off the barricade, hit up with an RKO, and they're both laid out prone. Because that match was physical, that match was stiff, that match was hard hitting, and a finish like that outside the ring, of course they're laid out prone because they gave everything for the last 20-some-odd minutes in the match. I like I, I, I the ending. I liked it. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm no, sorry, go that, ahead. That, that finish was terrible. Like and it was terrible, and it was, and it was terrible because I didn't know what the finish was. And if the audience doesn't know what the finish was, it does, it, it, it completely, it, like, like it doesn't do that. Finish does nothing for the story because I don't know the finish, and yeah. it has to be explained to me. So here's the thing: if you have them both hit a finish outside the ring, and they're both kind of laid out, prone, not moving, and the ref counts ten. Well, you you raised the question: Was Randy right? Is Kofi really not ready? Did 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 Kofi prove to Randy that he was everything and more than he said he was all those years ago when he lost that match at Madison Square Garden? Like 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 that is it? If 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 Kofi can't beat Randy Orton, who is the uh, he is the star in the company because Cena's gone, so he's the veteran in the company. If if Kofi can't beat Randy, then should he really be champion? What, what was your there, number two? There, what was your number two? There, there, there were a lot of questions unanswered. Like, so he goes out the he goes outside of the ring, and Randy just kind of looks at his wife and his kids, doesn't do anything, and here and and. and so this and everything deals with the finish. The number one is it was explained because nobody knew what it was. Um, number one, if you remember the AJ Samoa Joe feud from a couple summers ago, yeah, it was a very poor rendition yeah. of that finish. Yeah, so it was a finish that they've done before, and like when Kofi gets the kendo stick, I'm like, why he going off on Randy Orton? <laughs> like, what did he do? <laughs> and, and, and so here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. If you want Kofi to do that, then Randy needs to be more intentional. I, agree. I don't know, like touch his wife's face. I agree. I agree. I agree. Well, uh, that, right, and, so, and then and then hold on. And then not <laughs> let it end. If you gotta do that type of finish, wait. If you gotta do that type of finish, wait. He gyrates though. He does I mean, the Rick do something. Room. I don't know. <laughs> no, here's the thing. But if you're gonna do that type of finish, then. 
you have Kofi get disqualified. Yeah. Not have it be a double count out. Because if it's going to be a – the double count out is reserved when two guys are so evenly matched that they hit one another with something so dynamic that neither one of them can can get up for the 10 count. That's what the double count out's for. Although FYI, uh, when I when I was at when I was at my fan sided uh, get together, and I and I and I, I actually talked to the junior editor uh, for for the pro wrestling property of fan sided, I actually predicted that this match would be a double count up. They just screwed up the finish. Yeah. But if if you but if you're gonna have Kofi beat the crap out of him with with a kendo stick, then Randy needs to be more intentional, and the kendo stick should be the disqualification. Kofi's anger should cause the disqualification. Not because now you can add a stipulation. Yeah. Because Shane McMahon's the heel. So now you can say, well, Kofi, you can't do that in the match. So you're gonna wrestle Randy Orton again in Clash of the Champions. And if you pick up a weapon and get yourself disqualified, the belt's gonna change hands. I but you can't but you can't do that now because it was a double count out. It'll make no sense. I I got, I, agree. I, got, I got way too up in arms and too K Fabi about that. But it's I, got, I no, I agree. I agree with everything you said. I do again. The double count out was maybe not the best decision. I, I love the fact that they got semi the boys' family involved. I, like you said, though, I just really wish they would have done more. Randy would have touched the boys' face. Or, like, like, I don't know. Do something. Because um, I didn't, it, it didn't make a whole lot of sense. Okay, but next match. Destroy that match. Um, so, uh, Bray Wyatt, mm-hmm. um, The Fiend. Yeah. So retired is the eater of worlds and small children. Now he's the fiend. He defeats Finn Balor. Um, I loved it. Yeah. But I have one nitpicky issue. I don't think... I don't think that... Finn should have just been sitting in the ring. There's supposed to be a pseudo-supernatural quality to Bray's character. So I don't know. Maybe he... And, and, then, and then Finn's going away for a few months. So how about you do something under t- gimmicky, like have him win, and then when they do the flash and light thing, have them both disappear. Do so. It was just too basic to end. But everything about the presentation was fantastic. I love the the remix version mm-hmm. of, of his theme song. Yeah. Once again, going back to my point with EO and um and Candice LeRae, I like the contrast. Finn wears the all white versus the dark Bray Wyatt. Mm-hmm. Um, Baylor of uh, Baylor Balor, uh, Finn bumped brilliantly for Bray. Um, and so I want something different for Finn. For a while, I wanted Finn to join the OC. I don't want him to join the OC anymore because Bray, at the end of all things, he still is a cult leader and he needs a cult. Uh, how, you're, you're thinking what I was I, thinking. Yeah. How does a demon yeah. not, be, not be one yeah. of Members, yeah, but how about the because the demon doesn't talk, yeah. Oh how about God. the demon be? How about he's like Bray's pet, man? Were you in my mind? You, 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 had, you, had, you had to be in my mind. 
You um, what'd you say? I said that would be awesome. Before that, you you literally had to be in my thoughts. I'm gonna take it a step further. Before I get into that, the match presentation wise was great. I was concerned with. I thought that Bray had one of the best entrances out of. I put his entrance up there with Undertaker. I mean Bray Wyatt, Eat of Worlds. That like that Fireflies before the new one got introduced like yesterday. I thought that his entrances have been great. Um, up there with Taker, you know, to be honest. So I was concerned with this new Bray, the Fiend. What is his entrance going to be like? That's going to either make it or kill it. Remix the song, same words, and it's almost like you have it sound like a kid's version, but then this this female voice just rocks it out. I loved it. I love the fact that his head was the lantern. I love that. Death, I know. I'm like, oh my God, death, it's Bray Wyatt. It's a Bray Wyatt skin lantern. Death to, they, they, they have went all in with this character. Oh, man. And it's great. Um, but I wanna I wanna I wanna pivot. I wanna I wanna attach on to a thought. What if the the demon isn't only um Bray's pet, right? What if inside of the, the Firefly Funhouse, um Bray needs another character in that house and it's Finn Balor. You know? They're they're, they're conversing. He's like the mailman was to Pee Wee Herman. Every now and then oh, oh every, my gosh. every now and then he appears. Hi, you know. After after Finn Balor's gone for however many months, his his grand return a part of the Firefly Funhouse. I I have, a, I have a special guest for you today, kitties. Who is it? But my good friend, Mister Balor. Yay! Hey, you know what? You know what, Pastor Des? You've had some good sayings on this podcast since we started. <laughs> That's your best. That and then and so when when Bray wrestles though, when Bray wrestles, he comes up with the demon. And I mean, the demon needs to crawl, and he is the pet. The demon. Give him a leash. Give give him a leash. leash. Give him a freaking leash. He is the demon. And you know what happens? You know what happens? Whenever Bray gets to somebody he doesn't feel like he needs to fight, demon, sick him. Get him. Demon goes and. And then that's. And then if you want to, I would say keep that going for like a good year, a good year and a half, maybe a good two years. I don't know. But now, now, now you've built up a few. The demon. Versus the fiend, give me that at, at any WrestleMania. Two years down the line, I'm satisfied. That, that, I want that to, would be. That's the booking I need to see, sir. That's that would be see. that would be great. So the the main the 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 show closer, um, Seth Rollins versus Brock Lesnar. I gotta admit, I was not for this. Nobody in was. any way, shape, or form. Nobody was. Um. They popped for Seth somewhat, I guess, after he won. He tried to fake cry at the end, but I'm gonna, I'm, I'll say this. <laughs> he did try to fake cry. <laughs> I, 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 I say, but the, the, match, the match was really good. Yeah. You, know, you know you're not going longer than 10, 15 minutes when, 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 when you talk about Brock Lesnar. Um, but he and Seth told a really good story. I, I did I did I did Uh-oh. however um learn the difference between an advocate and a manager. Yeah. <laughs> Ad- advocates don't get involved in matches. Managers do. Um but <laughs> I'm still going to contend I think Seth is still missing something to be a world heavyweight champion. Yeah. But God bless him. 
He got that match over. I mean, if I, I can use the old country term, bless his heart. He got that match over. He sold the ribs. I thought he was going to kick Brock Lesnar's big rock head off at least three times. Yeah. Um. You know, I mean, he, listen, I, I, I think we said it about Ricochet. We said it about Ember. It may sound crazy to say it about Seth, but if Seth Rollins figure out, if he, if he figures out who's Seth freaking Rollins, like he can't be John Cena. He can't be that type of baby face. You know, he, he can't be the Roman Reigns type of baby. He, he ain't big enough and bad enough to be the Roman Reigns type of baby face. Like, I don't know. Like, so you, so he's with Becky Lynch in real life. And as a kid, I didn't know. I thought, you know, I, I thought like everybody else did. I thought that, you know, um, Miss Elizabeth was just Macho Man's valet. I didn't know they were married in real life because who knew anything about real life in the 80s when it came to pro wrestling? But if you're going to use that, then use it. But that he needs – there's there's something – like he is – once again, he's on that list, and that list doesn't go down very far. And you talk about the best workhorses in, in, in the business. He is fantastic in the ring. But that character's lacking something. Yeah. yeah and the match was great. And once again, Seth is two for two. Since WrestleMania, he got Baron Corbin over, and a match that people poop the whole internet wrestling community poo pooed. Why are they going back to Brock? Well, don't go back to Brock. I can't believe you're going back to Brock again. They poop, but Seth got that match over. Like I, I was, I was interested, if you will. Like at first, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna watch it because I gotta do this freaking podcast. Because the first time I wasn't gonna watch it, I was just gonna come out and say, you know, I ain't, I ain't watched the main event. Tell me, I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna be a trooper. I'm gonna do my job. But my goodness, I'm yeah, like I, Seth Rollins. He did, he did it again. He did it again. There's like a few people I, I wouldn't mind seeing um, Dolph go against. Like Finn Balor had a really good match against Brock Lesnar um, a couple years ago, or even one year ago. And Seth is another person. Anytime they have a match together, Seth puts them over. I enjoy their matches together. It's the same story told, but I don't know. Seth is just that. He's Seth freaking Rollins in the ring. And he really sold Brock. And yeah, I'm here for it, man. The match gets a 9 out of 10 for me. Um, I think everything was told really well in that match, especially from Brock. Like, to see him go a little longer, and I, and this is why I enjoy seeing Brock in longer matches. Because it's enjoyable. It feels more real when he's against a threat. You know what I'm saying? Um, mm-hmm. Like, the, I think Goliath needs to come against a threat every now and then. So, kudos. WWE overall, SummerSlam was, was better than I expected. It was good. I give the overall pay-per-view a 9, 8. I give it an 8 out of 10. What about you? Uh, oh my gosh! I, well, I'm gonna since, since I was a school teacher, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get letter grades. I I'll give I'll give Takeover Toronto um, a solid. I give them a solid A minus. Uh, I, I give I give SummerSlam uh, a solid B plus. Yeah. Um, this this was the first Takeover main roster pay per view kind of weekend in a while where the main roster pay per view 
held its own with the, with the takeover show. Mm. I, because, because usually when NXT does a takeover, I, I would argue that, that um, TakeOver New York was better than WrestleMania. The last time they did it in Chicago, it was uh, TakeOver Money in the Bank. I went to both. And um, I can tell you um, I can tell you for sure that that TakeOver Chicago was much better than um, than Money in the Bank. But but SummerSlam held his own against TakeOver. Okay. I don't think it, it was not as good. I would give I would give TakeOver Toronto like a 91 and I would give like SummerSlam like an 88.5%. Okay. Uh, where can they find you, man? Uh, you can find me. So you can find me in, in several different places. Um, you can find me on Twitter at PastorDDP. Send all of your love and hate tweets. Um, if you are a college football fan, you can find me in three places now. You can find me. At, you can find my articles on SaturdayBlitz.com. Um, I am going to hope that my, my podcast buddy has clicked on SaturdayBlitz.com a couple times to read some of my stuff. You can also find me on uh, mysportsvote.com. Please go to Google Play or go to the Apple App Store, download the app, read the article, vote on the poll that I write to. And then finally, uh, you can find me on the Triple Option Podcast. I'm not as popular and famous as Dante. I'm on Facebook, Desmond Alisea. <laughs> uh, YouTube, Desmond Alisea. Um, no, every, every few weeks, my, myself and my buddy Dante get on here and we talk about wrestling. Thank you guys for tuning in. Um, the next show, we'll probably just kind of talk about post SummerSlam, um, the product Raw and SmackDown, talk about what happened. And listen, guys, you keep on watching wrestling, okay? And listen, go to our Facebook page. If you disagree, if you agree, let us know. Tell us your thoughts. Maybe we overlooked something. We would love to hear from, from our audience, okay? Um, Thanks, guys. You rock. Dante, we out of here. You want to take us out? Well, if, if all minds are clear, congregants of the squared circle, until next time, um, that is the benediction.